0: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like, you yell back at your radio.
1: What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at
3: milwaukeeadmirals.com.
4: Sparky's Midday Madness here on The fans. Steve Sparky, Fiber with you live from the Lakeland University Studios offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. So, so close to this MLB thing being done. So close. And it, it's not going to be. It's just, it's doesn't appear it's going to be done. Ken Rosenthal, the Athletic international draft non-starter for Latin players and might not be acceptable to union, even with major MLB give sources tell the athletic union in latest proposal still wants qualifying offer eliminated, which MLB says they'll do Uh, their draft pick compensation. I should say say they would do if they get the international draft as not only that, the union still wants a higher CBT thresholds. Now, to the owner's standpoint, they've come up more than enough like i I don't to me they they've they've definitely moved the players haven't moved at all the owners have moved, so I don't know and pre arbitration pool uh is also something else uh that they want so per, they want that number to be higher too, and that number has been moved up to forty million and I believe the union was talking about wanting eighty million or something not so like that at this point. For me, uh, again, I, I don't know how you look at this. For me, I, I look at this and go, look, owners owners have moved quite a bit here. Like, the, the players need to start coming back the other way here a little bit now, too, if we're going to get this done. I mean, they're saying they're going to cancel another week of the season uh, if this thing doesn't get done today. So, now, they, that's what they said yesterday. They worked late and then decided to extend it to today. So, they may end up canceling another week. If they cancel another week, then I think we're looking at, like, April 14th as a possible start date or somewhere in that area, uh, if that happens. And now you're talking about wiping out that first Cubs series at Wrigley. Uh, that would get wiped out for the Brewers, because right now that's when this whole thing would start for the Brewers. I was just actually looking at the schedule uh, during the big show to see how this kind of this, this whole thing kind of plays out. And when you look at the Brewers schedule, it starts April uh, 7th, In Chicago against Wrigley, a four-game set. Then they would go to Baltimore for three games. And then they would have a day off. uh, And then... No, they wouldn't have a day off. I'll take that back. Monday through Wednesday, three games in Baltimore. So they would start the season on a seven-game road trip between Chicago and Baltimore. Then the 14th, which I think is where the season would be delayed to if they don't get this done today. That then would mean the home opener and season opener would be home against the Cardinals for a four-game set. So, if they figure this out today, which it doesn't look like it's going to happen, if they figure it out today, you open at Wrigley for a four-game set. If this gets delayed a week to what would be the 14th, I think, uh, then you would open the season at home uh, against the Cardinals. Either scenario, you open up against a division rival, whether it be on the road or at home for the Milwaukee Brewers. But again, I mean, you're talking about losing four series off the schedule. Four. And they're not going to be able to make up four series. That's just not going to happen. So you can forget about that. Uh, Because right now they're saying if it ends today, they'll be able to add on three games to the end of the season. So they'll put one series there uh, further into October uh, and then essentially be able to plot in the other three games somewhere else Within the schedule, whether it be double headers, off days or whatever, I guess, uh, in order to make that work. Not sure how that would all go, but that's what they're saying. But based on this latest tweet from Ken Rosenthal, I don't think it's going to happen. And the thing that's interesting to me on this is the the, the Dominican Republic guys, uh, like David Ortiz, is saying that there's a lot of stuff going on. They got a new president. Uh, there's, uh, the young kids, that's how they keep them off the streets is by playing baseball and, and, and trying to get them, you know, paid as early as possible, 15, 16 years old, um, and and then get them on their way to the U S or whatever the case may be. You've got major league baseball teams that have academies built there, uh, to nurture and train these kids and these prospects that they want. And you want to talk about projecting somebody. You know, it's one thing to project an 18-year-old. It's a completely another thing to start projecting kids at 13, 14, 15 years old and starting to keep your eyes on them uh, and seeing how good they can be. And then giving a 16-year-old a million dollars or whatever the case may be in order to sign within your organization uh, and maybe get to the major league in nine years. Eight, nine years, maybe. I just and to say, well, you know, the draft, that that would be tough. I, I don't I guess I, I'm still struggling with this. I don't understand why the the draft would be so much worse based on the numbers I'm seeing and the numbers being slotted in for this draft that MLB is proposing. There's 160 some million dollars last year at international signings. With this draft basically being slotted in, you are talking about 190 million dollars being spent on the international prospects, and that's before any of the undrafted guys get signed. You're going to be over $200 million. There's going to be more money going to the international prospects than there is already yet. The fight clearly is on uh, of not wanting this. Plus, as David Ortiz brought up, hey, let's get this to the point where it doesn't start now. Like, if it starts in a couple years and we have our chance to wrap our arms around it and get everybody organized, Fine. So MLB said, no problem. We'll start in 2024 at the earliest. And apparently that's still an issue. I I don't, like I said, every time you get your hopes up for this lockout to be done, every time something else happens and it gets dragged right back down. Adam Roberts, other side of the glass. We're going to get into it. I I got a couple of fun topics here to do. I'm not going to talk baseball this whole show, so don't worry. Don't go anywhere. Adam Roberts, when do you think they're going to start this season?
5: Uh, Well, the optimist in me is hoping for the 14th. That would be fantastic to open things up at home against the Cardinals. It does not, though, seem like that will happen. I think your earlier assessment that, I mean, if we're going the pessimist route, You said earlier, I think last month, it's looking like maybe mid-May, late May, Memorial Day-ish. Realistically, I think that's where we could be headed. See, and that's,
4: again, I mean, I understand, right? You want baseball. You want to go out to the park, American Family Field. You want to tailgate. uh, You want to hang out with your friends and your family members and play bags and and do all that fun stuff and go into the game and, and enjoy some nice weather. Odds are we won't have nice weather in April anyhow, so that won't matter. Uh, But maybe when we get to May, it'll be a little bit warmer out and and you can do that. So, I mean, I I understand all of this. I get it. But but hopefully they can make enough ground up during this lockout of this CBA that in five years when this CBA is done, there won't be as many uh, gaping holes or disagreements. Between the two sides, hopefully this five-year plan sets up for an easier transition to the next CBA.
5: I would hope so, because you can't imagine. And now you are on record as saying anyone who's out there touting that baseball's dead right. is out of their mind. Correct. But do you really think they can slash want to go through this again in another five years? I don't think they I care. I can't imagine. Oh well. All right then. They, they why? They, they they know you're not going anywhere.
4: The owners know you're not going anywhere. The players know you're not going anywhere. Everybody involved know you lost a damn World Series in a season, and y'all still came back. Still got numbers. Millions and millions watching on TV. People putting butts in seats at stadiums. This is still happening. Again, I mean, I, I, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm missing something, but baseball's fine. There ain't nothing wrong with baseball. I know they think there's something wrong with baseball because their marketing research numbers show that they're not very popular with the 20-somethings right now. Okay. So this is all about, not all of it, but some of it, about how do we get in front of them? How do we get them to come to the ballpark? This is what this reminds me of. I should have had this conversation with Gary and Leroy. I just came up. Why do you think it is? And this was not going to be a topic, but if you want to partake in the conversation, feel free to dial it up, uh, 799-1250. Why is it that when I was growing up, and again, I'm what, 45, but so when I was growing up, 80s, 90s, kids that I grew up with, a lot of them played soccer, right? And they played soccer through elementary school. And then right about junior high, middle, junior high, high school, they all stopped playing high sc- soccer. They all stopped. They didn't watch soccer on TV, really wasn't into soccer one way or the other. Uh, And never really followed it after that. And just kind of tailed off. And that was the end of it, right? From that perspective, I think baseball has a similar problem. Where you have all these kids that are playing youth baseball. And a bunch of them don't watch the game. They don't watch Major League Baseball. They'll play the show. They'll play the video game. But they don't really care about going and watching a game. They don't really care about sitting down and watching a game on TV. Brewers or whoever your team is, it doesn't matter. You're just not getting them in front of the TV because it's too boring, and you have the attention attention deficit or um, attention deficiency issue. With a lot of these kids where now they're attached to their phones. They want to be on Instagram. They want to be on TikTok. They want to be see what's going on all the time. Give me all the highlights and stuff. I don't want to watch games. That's where they're at. So I could see it from the perspective of. How do you to me the bigger issue is how do you get the kids that are playing baseball to watch baseball? How do you get the kids that are playing baseball for five, six, seven years that play from like age, you know, seven, eight years old to the time they're 14, 15? How do you get those kids to want their parents to take them to a baseball game? How do you get those kids to want to sit down with their mom or dad and watch a baseball game in the middle of summer or listen to the game on the radio while you're outside in the backyard? How do you get that changed? To me, that's a bigger concern of how do you bring them along?
5: Because right now, I think that is the biggest issue, Adam. Well, it, it, it does all come down to looking, I would say, at how leagues like the NFL and to a lesser extent, but still a pretty notable one, the NBA do a pretty darn good job of making their superstars, their A-rate players, people that uh, kids of a certain age group want to emulate when they play their games at age seven, eight, or nine. And some people might argue from a basketball perspective that could be damaging to the sport if everyone's just hawking up threes. But kids like watching stuff like that. And and I've mentioned this before when we've talked about baseball. I always use the gas station test when it comes to something like this. I, I think I mentioned it once. So if our guy, number 12, walks into a gas station and there's a bunch of kids picking through the candy at the gas station, and Aaron Rodgers suddenly walks through the door, you throw that candy down, you're going, you're hounding number 12. If Giannis or is Steph or LeBron walk into a gas station, you throw that candy down, you're going right over them. Mike Trout walks into a gas station. Okay, hey, no weird guy. No. Am I supposed to know you? No, especially like in the middle of Wisconsin, there's no chance. No, and I would even like, are you going to someone like Eric Thames? Walks into a gas station, no kid's gonna recognize Eric Thames. No. They're gonna say, well he must be a weightlifter. <laughs> um,
4: but I mean that that I mean that is a, that is an absolutely great point as far as the gas station test. I think I'm I'm down with that. I've never heard it said that way, but that that's probably what it is. And that to me uh, is something that can be affected on like the youth level, right? By these youth coaches and so forth. I, I've seen it a couple of times where a, a coach of a youth baseball team. Says, hey, all right, who's your favorite player? You go around, and half the kids couldn't even tell you who their favorite player is. And then you go around again, hey, did you watch the playoff game last night? Nobody on the team raised their hand. Nobody. Uh, Not one person would watch the playoff game the night before. And then the coach literally says, I want you to go watch the playoff game. We're going to talk about it tomorrow. And then maybe you force them to sit down and watch it because there is something to watching a sport that you play and being able to pick up and learn from it. Because you're watching it. If you watch enough of a sport, and you're going to pick up tendencies, game situations, and so forth. Like you said, we start talking about high school basketball or youth basketball. These kids are wearing the, 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 the basketball shoes that Steph Curry is wearing, and then they go and they play in them in the game or whatever the case may be. Or they're out in the backyard yelling Curry as they take a shot or whatever, right? Or Kobe or Michael or however old you are. That's a thing. The National Football League the NFL, same type of deal, right? If you're playing with your friends in the backyard or at the park, two-hand touch, or tackle football or whatever, you're probably talking about what happened in the NFL over the weekend because a majority of you probably watched it or you have your own little fantasy football league going amongst you and your, your friends or if you're you know at that age. Baseball doesn't have that. It, to me, that's what they got to fix. Don't worry about you know, how many pitching changes you can make, uh, whether the shift is good or not for baseball, making bases bigger, uh, all this other nonsense. that None of that matters. You first have to get them in front of the TV, then find out why they don't sit in front of the TV. Is well, the reason they don't sit in front of the TV because it's not fast enough pace, because there's no violence, Like because the NBA, constant action, which goes along with this generation. The NFL violence. Look at the video games you can buy. Tell me there's not violence. So that plays into what this generation is. Baseball is nothing close
5: to what this generation is about right now, These this younger generation of kids. It, it was funny. You mentioned about how kids from, like, kindergarten, pre-K through about sixth, seventh grade – Back when you were younger, we're playing soccer, and yep. then it's just a hard stop. And it's gone. And everybody stops at once. Same with me when I was in that same position about now 20 years you? ago. I'm 28. So, right. So, you're not. I mean, you're significantly younger than me, and it happened to you, too. Seven years old, never wanted to get on a soccer field ever again. And I think a lot of that, if I'm remembering correctly, granted, it was 23 years ago. But if I remember, a lot of that was, uh, to your point, like you said, coaches, what they should be doing is telling kids, Go watch this. We're going to talk about it. We're going to break it down. From all my memories of soccer and youth baseball, because I played that until I was in seventh grade, I never got any of that. I never got any of that from my soccer or my baseball coaches wanting them me to take a look at whatever the current pro best team in whatever right. that sport was and learn from it. It was just, okay, we're going to go out. and This was in soccer really bad. We're going to have fun. We're going to kick the ball around. You're going to just be with your friends. you got snack time afterwards, and then you're going to go to school, and we'll be back to do it all over again tomorrow. No retention on learning anything from the sport other than kick the ball, have fun.
4: Yeah, kick the ball and then go. And now, if you look at soccer, the MLS has grown to the point where you're seeing a lot of people showing up and watching MLS soccer. You're seeing expansion franchises damn near every other year. They're expanding the MLS. And what's happening now is now you're seeing kids – Wanting to continue playing because now they're seeing a route to making a lot of money. When I was growing up, there wasn't any of that. None of that was there. You didn't see a way for you to make a career out of it one way or the other. It wasn't just, it it wasn't realistic. Now I think you look at it, boy or girl, doesn't matter because they both have professional leagues. Now you look at it and go, I can make a living playing soccer. Just like my friend Joey can make a living playing baseball or Kenny can make a living playing basketball or whatever. I can do the same thing playing soccer. And, I—I I, again, I don't, I don't have anybody in soccer right now. I mean, my six-year-old played soccer in the fall and wants to play again, so I'm sure he will at some point. But to know, you know, between ages 6 and 12 where the drop-off is now or if that drop-off still exists, uh, but that would be interesting to know how many of these kids actually follow all the way through. So if you want to be concerned about Major League Baseball, to me, that's where you should be concerned right now is how do you get these kids in front of the TV? Forget once they're there. Just get them there. How do you get them there? That has to be the number one goal in my mind. Uh, all right, coming up next, we're going to talk about the two-year anniversary. Two years ago, something happened that, that at that time didn't seem like a major deal, but ended up being a major deal. I'll tell you what that is coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals.
0: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This
4: is where Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com, that's who you want to, where you want to go. Milwaukee Fish Fry. This Friday and Saturday, I'm well, John Greenberg. I'm president of the Milwaukee Admirals tomorrow. But the Admirals won't be the Admirals for those two games. They'll be the Milwaukee Fish Fry featuring the Milwaukee Fish Fry Crest, which features a walleye being lured by fries and a red and white plaid pattern similar to the tablecloths that adorn the tables of the best fish fry establishments in the area. Both those games, obviously, fish fries will be available at Panther Arena on Friday and Saturday at the concession stands. Plus, there will be significant Milwaukee Fish Fry merchandise available for purchase, uh, too. As for the jerseys, there will be a silent auction uh, online beginning uh, on March 9th, which is today, and running through 730 on the 12th. The money raised will be donated to the Admiral's Power Play Foundation, the team's charitable arm. So, again, go online now, uh, and you can get in on the auction of the jerseys before they're even played. And for more information on all of that, go to milwaukeefishfry.net, milwaukeefishfry.net for ticket packages and all that fun stuff coming up on Friday and Saturday for the Admirals. All right, two-year anniversary. That's what I want to know. Two-year anniversary. What happened two years ago today? Adam Roberts, do
5: you know? Does this have something to do with COVID? Yes. Yes. It's not Rudy Gobert, is it? I thought he tested positive on March 11th. Correct. Today is the day Rudy Gobert
4: touched all
5: the recorders and the microphones
4: and the whole deal. The mockery day. Two days before. This was the day, two years ago, where Rudy Gobert, at the end of his presser, reached forward. Video circulating online. Reached forward and put his hands all over all the recorders, the microphone, and everything else. And you could see everybody laughing. Aha, uh-huh, Rudy being funny guy, whatever. Then, the world essentially stopped in sports two days later uh, when he uh, tested positive. Because then, everybody started stopping their leagues. Once the NBA stopped, everybody else said, we're done too. Because nobody knew what they were getting themselves into uh, at that moment in time. Nobody knew... That two years later, we'd still be talking about it. Now we could talk about coming out of it or whatever the case may be. Uh, But it lasted a lot longer than everybody thought. Nobody knew uh, at that time that there would be a bubble in the NBA. That they would have to play in Florida when they resumed the season months later. uh, And how that whole thing would play out. Or that there'd be no fans at sporting events for quite a while. And then you'd be playing in empty stadiums during baseball season and to start football season and so forth. It it, I mean, if you think about back to that day when he did that, nobody thought at that moment in time what was about to happen was about to happen two days later. And I remember seeing it on social media that he tested positive, and I went, uh-oh, uh-oh, all those reporters and everything else. And then a second guy tested. And you had, remember, the game never got underway. Well, who was it? Was it them in Oklahoma City, I think? Yeah. Yeah, them in Oklahoma City, the game was supposed to start or whatever the case may be, and then never did. And then shortly after that, the NBA pretty much said that once those games were done that night, it was over. uh, And they were going into lockdown mode. So further notice so they could get a handle on this thing and get more information. And the
1: crazy
4: part about that was... That in Utah at that time, the coaching staff was all about educating and telling their guys about COVID and the whole deal and to take it seriously and so forth. What having it. Yeah, sure. One year, one in one year, one year, and out the other year. That, that's kind of how that whole thing went. Because again, majority of people weren't very educated on it, had no idea the severity of it or what it could do or whatever the case may be. And Yeah, changed the sports. Changed sports for sure uh, at that moment in time once that happened. Uh, So I I came across a tweet. This is what the topic for the show was going to be. And then I got off to uh, talking about Major League Baseball and that whole deal. So I saw a tweet come from the Denver Nuggets, from Mark Schindler, uh, from basketballnews.com. The Denver Nuggets are 16 and 5 since Demarcus Cousins first played minutes for Denver. 9 and 1 in their last 10, and the bench has started to look cohesive. And he talks about the stability that Demarcus Cousins has brought to the team, the two man game with Bones Island, and so forth. Whole big piece on Demarcus Cousins and what he has meant to the Denver Nuggets. My question is a simple one, not that difficult. And I just want you to simply give me what you think uh, it is for you. There is no wrong answer. It's simply your opinion. Because DeMarcus Cousins was a guy that I wanted the Bucs to hold on to and keep. DeMarcus Cousins was a guy that I wanted the Bucs to move forward with the rest of the season. And they chose not to. And they have not replaced DeMarcus Cousins up until the Serge Ibaka trade. And I probably would argue that while Ibaka can be a rim protector and so forth, Uh, You end up having to give up assets to get him. Cousins would have been luxury tax money, I understand. Uh, But either way. So the question is this. What former player of your favorite pro sports teams left that you wish never had? I'll give you another one right away. Tobias Harris. The J.J. Redick-Tobias Harris deal. I was livid when they made that deal. And then after watching how bad Redick was after that, I really was livid that they made that Tobias Harris trade, getting up the future to play for the 8th seed or 7th seed or whatever the hell it was at that time with Herb Cole's owner. That drove me nuts then, drives me nuts now, knowing that they had Tobias Harris and they moved on for, for J.J. Reddick of all people. So that'd be another guy for me. That I wish my favorite team never got rid of. Who is it for you? 414 799 1250. 414 799 1250. Tweet us at 1250 a.m. The fan. Are you looking for a new career? Would you like to be a part of a Christian Mace family run company? I want a company that's been in business over 30 years. Well, Young Express, baby. They're looking for dispatchers. You don't need any experience. They're willing to train you. You have to be able to multitask in a fast paced environment, good communication skills, computer literate. And you have to have an overall friendly disposition for dealing with a variety of customers and drivers. At Young Express, you'll get a competitive hourly wage, paid holidays, vacation time, personal days, 401k with company match, and of course, a health plan. Apply today at YoungExpress.com. That's J-U-N-G Express.com. Young Express. Success. Drives them. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. The Milwaukee Friday Fish Fry. They play Friday and Saturday night. Go to milwaukeefishfry.net to get uh, your details for that. Ticket packages, the whole deal. Uh, Fish fries at the game. Speaking of fish fries, March means plenty of important tournament action. The place to watch all the big games while enjoying your own indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin plenty of TVs to watch the games on while you play your favorite indoor games, and they're a huge entertainment game room. Indoor bocce ball, pool tables, uh, table tennis, foosball, shuffleboard, darts. They got everything. Plus, they got bands usually as well uh, on the weekends. I'm telling you, it's a place to be. Q Club of Wisconsin has some great food, loaded burgers, wraps, wings. Plus, they're Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Wednesday and Friday, fish fries piled up. Ha! With all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or Q Club of WI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Cute Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. All right. Again, going off this uh, article by Mark Schindler, BasketballNews.com. Nuggets 16-5 and five since DeMarcus Cousins, the former Buck. First played minutes for Denver, 9-1 in their last 10. And the bench has started to look cohesive. And they're talking about Cousins bringing stability and so forth and how he's been a big piece for them since then. Which brings up this question. What former player of your favorite pro sports team that left do you wish never had? Tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan. Cousins, obviously, one. Tobias Harris, uh, another for me. Who would it be for you? Let's go to Chuck in Slinger. You're next on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. What's going on, Chuck?
6: Yeah, Sparky. Great topic, too. Uh, I was going to say make a hide, but I got one that set us back
5: a decade and a
6: half. And it's it's Ray Allen, a guy who... Loved Milwaukee even. Um, it's just, I would say we never recovered probably till drafting on but I was furious at that one. He, he was a good dude. Met him. Um, I don't even know what we got for him, Gary so, Payton or whatever. Gary
4: Payton, dumb. Desmond Mason, yeah. Uh, so, Ugh. Chuck, let me ask you a question. Do you think Ray Allen was good enough to win a championship around if he was your best player?
6: I mean, you look at what he did at Boston after Seattle.
4: Um, and yeah, Seattle yeah, right. was Seattle, Rashard Lewis yep. and him, and they couldn't get over the hump in Seattle. And then the Boston trades happened with Garnett and him going to Boston.
6: Yeah. You almost say his best shot was with the big three, you know, with Cassell and Robinson. And it was, it's a great question. I uh, I can't say, but I think we could have. Made another run at it with a new coach because he's all you know, lived uh, Carl. Yep. Sure. I mean, he's all
4: one. he's a Hall of Famer. Ain't right? no question about that. Thanks for the call. Right. I mean, Ray Allen Hall of Fame, easy. But I just, I just, I was never in the boat of thinking he could be the one and you could win it. Kind of like Reggie Miller. Shooters, great. Just never thought you could win it with those type of players. They had to be the second, third best player probably on a team in order to do it. And in Milwaukee, Ray was, I mean, you consider and have this debate because the Ray Glenn Robinson fan base was kind of divided back then. So you can say Glenn was one, Ray was one, whatever, one, one, A. Uh, that was, you know, his best chance of being that other guy. In Boston, it was KG, Paul Pierce, and then Ray, I would argue. Uh, in Seattle, it was him and Rashard Lewis, right? Those were the two best players at that point. In Miami, he was just a, a kind of a role-player guy, a really, really good role-player guy, but th- that was definitely not about him at that moment in time. Wayne in Milwaukee, you're next on the Wendy's Big Show. What former player of your favorite pro sports team that left you wish never had?
1: Well, this goes back a ways, but uh, one of the most beloved players that ever played for the Brewers, Gorman Thomas. Oh, yeah. He was traded to the Indians for Rick Manning, and yep. he was loved by the fans here.
4: I love him to this day. I mean, he is he is one of the coolest dudes to sit down and talk with and have a beverage with and, and hear all of the stories that he has. I have been on the air for a decade lobbying for him to be the guy that replaces Euchre at some point, and instead they've decided to hire a bunch of play-by-play guys uh, mm-hmm. over there, yeah. Which, yeah. which, again, that's fine, but – you you want entertainment value, and Gorman Thomas definitely provides that. And Gorman Thomas is a guy that's lived here forever. I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. M- most players get up and they leave. And even when Gorman played, he was out there amongst the people and yeah. out at the bars drinking and having a good time with all the guys. And I don't know, man. Yeah, Gorman Thomas yeah. for sure. That's
1: Yeah, I, I remember when the trade happened. Uh, Euchre announced it, or I heard him talking about it. And he mentioned, even going back to the Braves with Matthews and Aaron, that Garmin was his beloved player they ever played, you know, in Milwaukee. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a tough one.
4: No question. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. So, that's Wayne in Milwaukee. Got some tweets coming in as well, tweeting at 1250 AM the fan. Uh, Sean tweets at 1250 AM the fan and at MKE Admirals and says, Jeff Cirillo for him. Jeff Cirillo. Was that the Jimmy Haynes trade? Uh, with Colorado, obviously. But I don't remember who was all involved in that deal. So I am going to go back and look and see who was it. Nope, that was not. Uh... Yeah, I was wrong. Okay, so Cirillo, along with Scott Carl, were sent to the Rockies in exchange for catcher Henry Blanco and pitcher Jamie Wright. Oh, no, I was right. The Oakland A's were also involved in the deal. And send Jimmy Haynes to the Brewers in exchange for cash. Uh, 2,000 would give Cirillo another all-star appearance. He posted a uh, 326 average, 392 on base, and an OPS of 869. 11 homers and a career-high 115 RBIs that year uh, for the Colorado Rockies. So, yeah, so they ended up with it. Blanco, Jamie Wright, and Jimmy Haynes out of that deal at the end of the day. And Cirillo... Obviously, very, very good baseball player uh, back in the day for sure. Then he got traded from Colorado to Seattle in 2002. uh, And then he came back to Milwaukee in 2005 as a bench player and and has been in the area, uh, you know, making his name still relevant and well-known by going to Brewer games, being on TV broadcasts, radio broadcasts, whatever the case may be. Cirillo always, I think, will be loved by Brewer fans there for certain. Uh, let's go to Malik in Racine. You're next on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. What's going on, Malik? Pretty good, man. How you doing? Doing good, man. So, uh, who who is that guy for you? Maybe you got multiple uh, that eventually left your favorite team and you wish never would have.
7: Yeah, man. I got two for the Bucks, two for the Packers. Oh, okay. So, mine's for the Bucks is Ray Allen, and I do think that him and Michael Red would have been able to do something. You know, a little special in Milwaukee, and uh, as of late, I think Christian Wood was a big was a big mistake. No uh, doubt. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for the Packers, real quick, uh, I just wish Jordy Nelson would have never left. Man, I just wish he never would have left. That
4: thing, I don't understand either. That yep. that that whole deal, based on how I've heard it told, is they they essentially uh, could have had him back for about anything reasonable. Um, and they just had no interest, and they were moving on. They thought they were getting off that ship at the right time. They thought he was done and old, and they were ready to move on. They thought the same about Randall Cobb, and you heard Rodgers, and it was arrogant as all hell, but he just said, and he was right, hey, man, I don't care what these guys look like when they're not with me, but when they're with me, I know how they how good they can be, and that's all I care about, and he yeah. proved it with Randall Cobb. Cobb they look yeah. that good without Rodgers. And to your point, Malik, Jordy Nelson probably would have had a couple more years of, of pretty decent success.
7: And, and real quick, before I get off, I'll leave you with this question. Do you think that Devontae Adams is looking at that situation? Like, I just want to stay wherever Aaron Rodgers yes. goes, you know, because that will benefit my career yes. the most.
4: Yes. That's why he didn't sign a deal uh, last year. And that's why if we don't know the, 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 the way this is set up with Rodgers, But as I've said it before, if this is a plus one for Rodgers and he's only extended one year through 2023, there's no way Devontae's signing a long-term deal. There's no chance. He'll just sign the franchise tender and play one year with Rodgers and we will do last dance all over again and then settle back for more drama next offseason. That's why this thing has to be three or four years just to put all this to bed, get Adams signed to a long-term deal to match Rodgers uh, and move forward. But I guarantee you that's what Devontae Adams is thinking, Malik. That's a great point. Thanks for the call. Absolutely. No question. Look, the dude has numbers, if he can keep them up here for the next few years, to be a Hall of Famer. He does. He's got huge, huge numbers. So just stay with Rodgers or stay with Justin Herbert or stay with Patrick Mahomes or stay with Dak. Stay with, you know, a Pro Bowl quarterback. And give yourself a chance to be in the Hall of Fame versus question marks with a younger quarterback that you're with.
5: AR, did you have something? I saw you raising your hand. No, I was saying we should go to caller one because I'm oh. very curious about what this guy has to say. All right. Very good. Uh, let's go to Alan,
4: uh, listening in Milwaukee. You're next here on Sparky's Midday Madness presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. What's going on, Alan?
1: Hey, guys. Oh, I'm driving home down Hampton's God Country here, north side of Milwaukee. Um, The reason I'm calling, what broke my heart, and it still does, is when Double A left the Horseman, man, him and Tully. Um, Let's be honest. Um, All these other sports are tainted by all this nonsense. Wrestling is the sport of kings. I watch it to be entertained. I don't got to worry about some guy telling me how to Well, Flair told me how to live.
4: He did. So did Hogan. If you
1: lived like Flair, you're a heck of a guy.
4: Hogan did, too. Say your prayers and eat your vitamins. Hogan told you how to live, There
1: you go. Hulk Hogan is a punk. He, He dodged Flair for years. Well, yeah, he would of course. never fight Rick Flair. Hogan killed wrestling, to be honest with you.
4: Well, that's a whole other I'd, I'd rather
1: watch Nick Bockwinkle and Wilbur Snyder go toe to toe. Yeah, the sad um, thing is,
4: I'm old enough to. I've watched all the people that you've mentioned so far, so that's. There you that's go. Good. You know what I'm
1: talking I've about. I've watched then. all of them, yes. Remember, they'd bring Billy Robinson in when somebody was down there in Chicago with Bob Luce. <laughs> um, the Packers that broke my heart when they left, Jim Ringo. Decades Ooh. ago, as a little boy, he was my favorite player. My yep. daddy used to travel. And he had, I had an inn where I got to go to, uh, I got to spend time in a locker room with Mr. Lombardi and him, with, with all those guys. How cool is um, that? Ray Nitschke, Ray Nitschke was married to my neighbor's sister like, on oh. the north side down there. Really? As kid, yeah, for real. You could check that stuff out. I'd say the name, but... It, no, it, no, no,
4: no, don't say the but name. No, yeah, no, I'm not
1: going to do it on the air. Yeah, no, that's but, good um, stuff, Alan. My daddy traveled a lot, and one of my... I actually have a prized possession. I have 1967 signed glossies for every one of the Packers. Every single one of them, guys. You have but them it framed? It my heart when Jim Ringle got let go. And like I said off air, I think they should have let Rodgers go. Well,
4: yeah, that's... Honest to God. That's a whole I don't other know, conversation.
1: But he'll never be a horseman.
4: Well, no, no, he'll never be a horseman. He no. never could be a horseman. No, I, I agree with you on that. Thanks for the
5: call. Four horse. You know, Lex Luger was in that stable for a while in the late 80s. He was, I think, perfectly fine. Former Packer. Who? Yeah. Lex Luger? Pretty sure. Hmm.
4: Pretty sure. Uh, dee, 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 dee. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, Packers. I did not know that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I don't want to have a wrestling show. But that, to me, it. to me, uh, the 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 Hulk Hogan killing wrestling and Flair, yeah, and, uh, I did not know about that. Too. All all of that stuff, and that that is a huge. There's a huge division there. You got the Hogan people and the Flair people, and huge division in arguments over the years uh, about both of those guys and all of that. I don't know. I've heard a lot of stories about Flair over the course of time, so I'm just leaving it at that. Uh, all right, uh, we will uh, hear what Rami McAuliffe has coming up on his show, and I'm going to ask him the same question that, that we're asking you right now. And I'll give him a break to think about it, and it doesn't have to be anybody for Wisconsin. He can pick whoever he wants. Uh, so, Rami, DeMarcus Cousins, 16-5 and five, uh, since getting to Denver, 9-1 and one in the last 10 piece written uh, on Cousins, adding stability and how big of a deal he's been for Denver since he showed up. So the question is, what former player of your favorite pro sports team that left do you wish never had left your team? For like, for instance, right, Cousins I didn't want to leave, obviously. Tobias Harris was one. Mm-hmm. Ray Allen has been brought up on this show as well. He brought up... Uh, Jim Ringo, Gorman Thomas, and the trade that happened with him in Cleveland, that was another one that was brought up. So who would it be for you? we got a lot of coast to pick from just in the last year. That's just—that's uh, who I was. I was just rolling, running right. through those guys yeah, in my a head. A just lot just. of guys you could go awful <laughs> from that former World Series team. So we'll see who Robbie thinks. Coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Mattis, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Sperry's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan as we broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Asking you what player off of your favorite team that eventually left, you wish never would have left, going off of DeMarcus Cousins and the Nuggets having so much success since he got to Denver in a piece written today, 9-1 in their last 10, and talking about how much he's really helped that Nuggets team. Uh, I brought up Tobias Harris uh, as one of my guys that I wish never would have left. What is it for you? I mean, Makloff would tell, uh, tell us who it is for him. Ahead. Tom, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. What's going on, Tom?
7: Oh, buddy, it's front row Tommy. What's up, Tommy? There's no baseball, man. Uh, but I got to tell you, the, the biggest, I think the biggest star that left Milwaukee was Jabbar, Kareem Jabbar. And what he could have done for
4: the for the Bucks, but he wanted out. No, I don't disagree with you. Thanks for the call. Make sure to turn your guys' radio down when you call into the show. Otherwise, you're going to hear yourself. It's going to be distracting. You won't be able to focus. Uh, yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar obviously is a big one. Now, that one there, he forced his way out. Now, I think if you go back in time to that whole deal, yeah. and again, I obviously wasn't around, but that, I would imagine, would have been similar to, uh, you know, somebody forcing their way out of the Packers now. If Rogers would have came out yesterday and said, I don't want to be here, I want to be traded, eh, probably would have had uh, a similar type impact at this point. We got one more in here before we get to Rami. Gerard listening on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. In Delaware, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Gerard? You ready?
7: How you doing, Spark? Uh, you ready? Lofton and Willie Buchanan. Okay. Yeah, Lofton for, for sure. For my Cardinals, Steve Carlton and Ted Simmons. Ted
4: Simmons for, a former for my, Brewer. That's when he was that's that's when we liked him.
7: Well, you see they they signed Daryl Porter, and they were going to put Keith Hernandez, and imagine this, Whitey's right. gonna I love Whitey, but he's going to put Hernandez in left to put Simmons at first. Simmons didn't want to play first. Yep. So that's when the trade started to happen. But anyway, for the Celtics, really the only bad trade they've ever made was uh, Paul Westfall for Charlie Scott and Paul Westfall. I loved Paul Westfall, and it was a shame. And I got a wrestling one real quick. When I was a kid, we are at Masters Square Garden, and Bruno San Martino and Victor Rivera with his tag team against Beppo and Guido, the Mongols. <laughs> and Bruno pressed Beppo, the big one, over his head. The place blew apart. I mean, for those days, the place flipped out, man. Bruno was the best of all time. Stronger than a, a
4: Stronger than a bull, Bruno San Martino. Oh my good
7: and Harry is an odd. Well, <laughs> there's that too. Yeah,
4: yeah. Very, very Harry. Like George the Animal Steel, Harry, no doubt. Gerard oh, George
7: the Animal Steel, I he actually was a professor in Michigan.
4: Look at that. Hey. See? I didn't know that. He
7: was a professor a mathematics professor in Michigan State.
4: That's crazy. Good stuff. Gerard in Delaware, thanks for the call. George the Animal Steel used to eat turnbuckles. That was hilarious. You remember that?
2: I got such a kick out of that as a kid. Yeah.
4: Loved George Animal Steel. Did not know he was a math professor. That I, is, I knew he me. was
2: some kind of professor. Yeah. I knew he was some kind of teacher intellect of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> you would never think so. The guy's no. eating turnbuckles. No. But yeah. Some crazy bit for he some was, dude that couldn't get a job doing something he was else. He a psycho. He was insane. In yes. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. And built like all our dads. Uh, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Very hairy. But, <laughs> really but, hairy? Yes. Yeah. Like no real muscles. Little hunchback, you know what I mean? Bad posture. Like he he would look like our dads. I, I go to this place in uh in Bayview called the the Vanguard, and they always have like random eighties stuff up on their TV. Like sometimes it's aerobics videos, sometimes it's like old Soul Train or Oh or, Soul or, Train. Love or, Soul or, Train. And like and, and last week I was there, they had on some like eighties. Like not not WWE, but like some '80s like low budget regional wrestling. And man, these dudes—was <laughs> were not, was it Texas? I don't know what it the was. The there is this, Missing Link. The sound is not. It's just oh, it, I can tell you by just looking at it. It was so weird. It was so weird. I and wonder. These, these guys were like they were they were not built like the wrestlers that we know oh, to be today at no. all. It was right. so it was so weird to watch.
4: Yeah, no. Yeah,
2: totally different. All right, so who's that guy for you or girl for you that left your favorite team? Um, It's probably either Bryant or Baez. It's one of those two. I just don't think you trade young talent like that. Rizzo, I get it. He's, he's He may be coming back. Yeah, he's, but he got up there in years. You know what I mean? So yeah. if you're hitting the reset or you want to rebuild... That's a guy who's probably not gonna be part of it when I it all, when it all in, comes into shape. I but love him in Milwaukee. Yeah, because he's he's a oh, win now guy. You know what I mean? Perfect to middle of that lineup. Yeah. Oh my god. But if you want to hit the reset button, you could do it and keep buying Bryant and or Baez. Dude, Only that, if they want to be there. Well, and they'll want to be there if you give them the money that they that they ask for. Hey. That's all it takes, really. Uh, look, look at, at Roger. Look at
4: Jamal Adams. Mm-hmm. Saved you from the Jets. I want to be a part of a rebuild. To Seattle I go. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. Whoops! Yeah. Uh, don't look now, but you might be a part of another rebuild. Uh, maybe not. I mean, they're being rumored to be in on the Deshaun Watson mix, if and when this all gets done with him getting his off the field stuff cleared up. So maybe they get right back into the
2: hopper. But if you're moving off of Bobby Wagner, uh, that that tells me that you're thinking rebuild. But that would be my guess. If the Cubs get Carlos Correa, if we ever you know get baseball again, Yankees
4: just got his physicals uh, done, or whatever the case may be, oh, really? his medicals. They really? got his
2: request of medicals
4: on him. Yeah, because right now what's happening is these teams are getting all their ducks lined up because once free agency starts, because everybody's going to have to go to... So, like, if this gets done today, it's not going to. But if this gets done today, and then they would have to report on, say, Monday or Tuesday... In that time, I would assume there's gonna be a lot of guys getting oh, deals be, done yeah. quickly there'll so they can get to spring action. training.
2: There will be a flurry of action. A ton. Which will be good for baseball. Which they oh, should yes. learn which they should learn Correct. from and put things, put mechanisms in place to spur action like that during periods of the offseason.
4: Like the NFL. Like
2: the NFL does. Yeah, yeah. The NFL is the master. They're so good. I was actually going to mention that today on the show. They're so good. Yeah. They They're are so, so good. Really good. All right, what do you got? Coming up on the show today, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Why do you think the Packers really want Aaron Rodgers back. What is the reason the Packers want Aaron Rodgers back? Ego. That's simple. What do you mean? Ego. What
4: do you mean? Ron Gordonkins with a Super Bowl on his resume uh is a huge deal. Matt LaFleur with a Super Bowl on his resume is a huge deal. Mark Murphy would then say he has two Super
2: Bowls. Yeah, but why do you think on his ch- Why do you think they changed course? Because Because he's playing
4: like an MVP and he wasn't prior to the Jordan Love pick. Okay. All right. I mean, it's simple. If he was playing like he was Prior to the Jordan Love pick, he would have been gone by now. There's no way they would have been with him. They would have moved on.
2: Because he, he was playing good. And by NFL standards, he was I'm sure good. That, I'm sure that plays a part in it, but I don't think that's the biggest reason. He was
4: good, but he was an MVP. Since the Jordan Love pick, he's been MVP Aaron Rodgers. Now, it's a four-year deal.
2: Can he be MVP for four years at that level? I don't know. Age catches up to my people most of the time. Tom Brady was in the was second in the MVP voting this year. Sure,
4: there there is an exception mm-hmm. to every rule. Sure. Um, so we'll see uh, how long he can hold up if it a is four year deal. But I, as I said earlier on the big show, if this is a plus one, I'm out. Then they should have just
2: traded him. Because yeah, this this is not just a one. I have. Thing. There's no way this uh, is a one year thing.
4: If this is a one year extension, and then Adam signs his franchise tag, they both come back, and then next offseason,
2: we go through this all again. No, that's not. They're not doing then that. Then I'm completely out on all of this. They're not doing like that. Like, they should have just moved on. So we'll talk about so that. So this better be a long-term deal. At the top, Ross Uglum of the Pack-A-Day podcast. will like be him. here at 3.30. We'll talk a little bucks at 3.45. At 4 o'clock, I want to know if Packers fans would rather have had the Russell Wilson trade package than bringing back Aaron Rodgers, draft mockery at 4.45, and lots of other stuff peppered in here and there. And that all happened yesterday. Mm-hmm.
4: Some of the immediate tweets were... Yes, but we don't want Drew Locke rather would have had a pick. Uh, Other than that, a lot of people thought, yes, we did a poll on the Big Show Network. 54% said they rather would have kept Aaron Rodgers. Oh, really? Okay. 54%. So now that's our show. That's not your show. Different listeners. We shall see. uh, To some degree. So we'll see how that all plays out. He has Rami Makloff. Do not go anywhere. He is funny. He does not like Bart. That was made clear yet again yesterday. I love Bart. What did I do now? What did you do now? What did I do now? Sam even told you on the air. Dude, Spark even asked if you're friends, and you do stuff like this. Bart does a beautiful poem, and then you go and Google the damn thing to see if he actually did it or not?
3: You wouldn't have done the same thing. No. No. Because you don't think Bart's smart. No. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?